Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpacking Mental Health. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do this by clicking the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. And this is a $5 donation, which will keep the podcast ad-free. And I would love, love, love if you could give my Instagram and Facebook a follow and I will update you with the next podcast. So have a great day and I hope you enjoy. Tragically lost your partner a few years ago now and um wondering if you'd be able to share with us your experience um, of the grieving process over these past few years, um, the different feelings and stages that you've been through and how you've been able to cope with such a tragedy. Yeah, well, it has been difficult. It's been really up and down. Um, It was probably just over five years ago, so it's been quite a while now. But, um, yeah, because he passed away so suddenly... Um, it's it was just kind of um, such a shock and I guess for quite some time at least a year the first year or so um, I was just sort of like running on adrenaline and not really aware of what was happening I was kind of just in overdrive and doing the best that I could Um, so I kind of wasn't in a state of depression or even sadness, like sort of like I hadn't really come to terms with it. It was just like I was just, I had to get through because I had a son and I had to do this and I had to do that. So, yeah, I guess the first year was all pretty much a blur. Yeah, you're not not sort of really present. You're just sort of somewhere else. And and then I think the stages sort of hit after that, it was, um, you know, the the sadness and the depression and all that sort of thing started to creep in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I kind of still had a focus. Um, I wanted to move back to Australia to be with all my family and I guess because I had that to focus on, I still, you know, um, made it uh, through that second year. Um, I did try uh, dep- um, antidepressants, but... For some reason, I just they didn't seem to suit me at the time. Um, so okay. I, yeah, I guess I just struggled on by myself. And because I had that focus, I think I was able to, um, yeah, achieve my goal um, because there was always something happening. I think that was just also diverting off what had actually happened as well. Like you know, I was trying to be strong and do everything, but I hadn't really come to terms with you know the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's one of the tools your brain uses during a traumatic event is to, I guess, distract you and have you focusing on a billion other things so that you're not really immediately focusing on the shock of it all. Yeah. And then, yeah, the third year I'd moved, sort of sold up and, as you know, (laughs) over to um, Australia with my son and, um, yeah, bought a nice little townhouse um, on the Gold Coast and, started settling in and I think because that's when you know everything was fine we'd finally sort of started to settle in and there was nothing more to do um you know start living life again then it's sort of like oh hold on a minute you know there's this isn't really good and it just all sort of started hitting me it's just like oh I've got to live this new life on my own I you know I don't have any moral support and and a partner and I don't have that yeah it was really quite difficult and I think that's when I started to you know just feel sad and depressed and lonely and 
Yeah, that was probably yeah. this in year three, really. So it was like a not really a post-traumatic stress thing, but yeah, just I finally came to terms with what happened. Right. So once you'd settled in, it kind of all bubbled up to the surface again. Yeah, yeah. So through that time, did you try any other therapies? Like other than medication, did you try talking to anyone or anything like that? Yeah, I started seeing a psychologist, um, a lady that was um, yeah, just in my area, and she did help quite a bit. And then I tried different other alternative healings with healers and um, went and had like physical sort of therapy, like massages and just things mm-hmm. like that to make me feel better in that way and started doing a lot of yoga which I hadn't I'd got into it a bit before but not so much and okay did you find that very helpful yeah especially like the meditation as well and then sort of doing that I built up sort of the courage to you know join a gym and I was so reluctant to do that but then oh what worries did you have about the gym I just had this bad sort of image about gyms how they were quite sort of you know adrenaline and all sceny and I was just too scared to walk in because I thought oh you know but no once I joined and I started going regularly that's after a while you just really want to go and do it you can't just sit around anymore so Mm. so that was really good and then yeah I did find I was going okay for a while and getting through everything and you know life was starting to become you know more fun and enjoyable again but then yeah that's sort of when I my son started having issues and it's yeah we both oh, no. of, yeah went a bit downhill after that again but are you comfortable to talk about and share the troubles that your son's been having um yeah we can talk about that yeah yeah okay thank you um so you mentioned earlier that he had been recently diagnosed with autism and depression yeah, he was yep. di- he, at school. He um, went to these, they have a really good school psychologist there, a nice lady. So he would go and see her. Oh, wow. Was that at high school? Yeah. That's very progressive. <laughs> um, a, once a fortnight um, because they, yeah, he was fine at primary school. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, he started high school three quarters of the way through the first year. Um, yeah, they just contacted me and just say that, it might pay for him to go and see the psychologist because they had a few. They picked up a few signs that you know he there might he might be slightly on the spectrum. Right. So, what are the signs of being on the autism spectrum for those of us who don't know? They just said, um, yeah, he wasn't just the social skills, and you know, if he'd get nervous, he'd sort of like pull on his clothes, or yeah, they just he wouldn't sort of look at them, anything like that. Um, which I hadn't experienced at home because, of course, I'm the mum, so um, it was more, I guess, it came out in a social setting where it was feeling nervous or under stress or not knowing what he should be doing or so they just picked it up and then she the psychologist um had diagnosed him on the spectrum um I think he was like um stage three or something like that whatever they they call it but um yeah so he'd been going to her a couple of times a month and then this year unfortunately Near the end of the first term, he started getting bullying, um, bullied really bad um, due to, I guess, his autism and not being quite the same as everyone else. And because he's quite 
a shy um, person, um, hasn't got much self-confidence, he took it really hard and became really depressed. Oh, poor boy. That's absolutely horrible. Yeah, didn't even really want to be here and was so terrified he couldn't go to school. He just, yeah, couldn't sleep properly. Uh, we had meetings with the school. They were very good about it. Yeah, so he's um, actually had a few months off school now uh, and we're just trialling him on different medication. He's found one that's finally starting to work. So, Right. You had mentioned to me earlier that he'd tried a medication initially but it didn't really work, so they've been able to find one that does work for him then. Yeah, and it's quite hard because the psychiatrists like you to stay on one for a couple of months just to really make sure. So you've just got such a patient waiting game. But, yeah, finally this one yeah. has um, started working. So I just really want to work on his well-being and build up his confidence and take a bit of time out to try and make him a stronger boy before I, you know, force him back into the school system again and the same thing happens. So. Yeah, that makes good sense. So are you homeschooling him at the moment? Yeah, and hopefully we're looking at getting back to school uh, in the last term. And the teachers have been really good. The head of year eight has said to him that maybe if he just comes back and does two or three classes a week just to slowly start fitting in again. It's real. They do work with you and they try their best and they, they'll ring up and see how we're going and... Uh, They've been really supportive. Such a tough time. I guess there's also elements of trying to deal with his father's passing away from such a young age now that he's reached teenage years and maybe that's settling in for him as well. Well, it's funny you say that because it's kind of this year, there's a few things that have happened to him that, that's caused that major depression. Like he, he just sort of came to terms this year with, he spoke about, you know, losing his dad and um, he he's also just going through puberty so his hormones are all over the place and then the bullying mm. so you know that's what's caused him to um, have such a hard time but when um, his dad first passed away he was I think he was about eight just about to turn eight I can't quite remember um, but he had a lot of supportive friends and it kind of I guess it, he knew but it you know, it didn't really hit him till later on that you know he was it was he was missing his dad and. Gosh, that's so hard as a mum trying to navigate your child's way through grief and depression and pressures of bullying. Yeah, it's really hard, and then when you're feeling that way yourself, because I sort of went, I started feeling a bit depressed again because I had all this thing, these things going on with him, and I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a partner there to support me through it, and mm. yeah, so I yeah. ended up having to um, go on a um, dose of antidepressants. But I'm just, I've been on them for a few months, but I'm just um, slowly looking at weaning myself off now again. I'm starting to feel better, so. So you don't think that there's something that you'll continue taking long-term, more of just a bit of a hand to get you through the rough patch? I have had experiences with them before that they haven't really been as beneficial as I've wanted. So I've not that I'm anti them, but they don't seem to... It's just a short-term thing for me, and I hopefully I can get through with the, you know, the exercise and the yoga and meditation and... Um, yeah. yeah, just being out in nature. I love being out in nature, taking photos. and Yes, and you're very good at that. I've seen lots of your beautiful photos on Instagram. Yeah, that all helps. It's, yeah, just 
trying to just make yourself get out the door and then that's you know, then you're right after that yeah it really is just that first burst of motivation isn't it and once you get going then you're okay yeah Whatever yeah for sure. doing. so for the benefit of anyone who might be wondering about antidepressants and what that's like to start taking them and what the process is um did you want to explain a little bit about your experience and what that looks like because there's a bit of a bedding in process for antidepressants aren't there they take a couple of weeks to kind of work their magic yeah I think it's all different I've had friends that have been on them and they've said instantly they've almost felt better but for me it took quite a while I kind of felt a bit weird for the first couple of weeks sort of with physically being a bit like sweaty and just my being a bit racy and feeling really strange but mm-hmm. I really wanted to stop taking them but then I sort of was reading things online just to hang in there and it will get better um, but yeah I didn't really feel any proper effects until at least the fourth or fifth week and then okay. yeah probably a good six to eight weeks yeah that I noticed feeling so sad and I wasn't so worried about stuff and I had a bit more motivation and it wasn't like I was feeling terrific but I just wasn't feeling so horrible. Yeah it's a strange feeling isn't it it's like you're not sad or happy you're just in the middle but there's no monkey mind narration going on in your head you're kind of got a bit of a clearer clearer mind to think about things and work through stuff sort of like yeah things aren't so extreme kind of thing but then yeah yeah yeah. I think oh I'm sure I should be a bit happier about this something (laughs) something really good's happened I'm just like oh okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes it's worth it to just not feel really sad as well that's so true yeah and then you're just being able to sleep better and yeah not be so concerned about every little thing yeah it can be like a temporary relief from a crisis point I guess or from when you just need to have a little break away I think for me like when I stopped taking them last time I really noticed a difference in the anxiety and the head chatter that came back so I was able to manage it better because I was much more aware of what it was and what it was doing yeah yeah. yeah, but I'd say if you, anyone that's, you know, too scared to take them because they're worried about what people think or they're not sort of, you know, they're not a healthy alternative or, yeah, it's sort of if you're feeling so bad and so down, it's, you know, it really can help, even if it's just for a short term. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's definitely a place for them. I think in the past there's been a bit of negative stigma attached around antidepressants, but I don't think that's really such a thing anymore and if you need a bit of relief for some stress that you're going through and your doctor recommends it then definitely give it a go yeah anything that can help you get back on track and make you feel a bit better yeah I think while using them it's also really important to have a good support network and definitely have someone to talk to like a therapist or even just trusted friends do you have a good support network where you are now in Australia yeah, generally, um, yeah, I have a good friend here who lives only five minutes down the road. She actually popped over just this morning to have a chat. And so, yeah, oh, no. quite. she's from Taranaki as well. But 
I'm quite open with her and find her really supportive. And then um, my mother-in-law in New Zealand's really good. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, my own, of course, my own mother. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I've got a good handful of friends um, yeah. over here. Met some nice Aussie ladies as well. But, yeah, I'm quite an open person. I'll just sort of blurt out anything. And Yeah, that's awesome. It's good to have these kinds of conversations and not just hide them away. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, well, you know, it might help someone if, you know, even if it sounds bad, you know, it might be able to help someone get through something. Yeah, it's so important. Even just the other couple of podcasts I've released, I've had so much feedback from people who have really benefited from hearing other people's stories. It's just that whole, I guess I'm not alone and someone else is relatable to me. So it's it's really good to share. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. You just don't really know what's going on in people's lives, even if they've got a happy, smiley face. It's sort of, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think I've met anyone yet who isn't going through or hasn't been through something in their lives. Okay, so you did mention that other than therapy and medication, you had tried some alternative holistic therapies. Did you want to talk to me a little bit about what you tried there and how effective they were and if you'd recommend them to anybody else? Um, I think I've just about had every single one. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Reiki. I can't actually even remember the names of some of the um, things that I had done. But even just, I think, like the physical massage, even though it's not really for your mind, it's like, you know, when your body's sort of yeah, been through. Yeah, that just helps so much. And I think the best thing that I've the best type of alternative healing I've done is sound healing where it's a type of meditation but they usually use you know those big crystal sort of sound bowls a high frequency kind of noise but I've found them really beneficial just um yeah that's probably my favorite is that the same thing as a sound bath because they're amazing yeah that's it yeah, yeah. Right. I have been to them before and I've also had like sort of chimes and didgeridoos and different sort of levels of sound, but I have found that um, good. And just, yeah, just the yoga really and moving my body around more so than, you know, sort of theatre healing or Reiki or um, anything like I've Yeah, I've just sort of found more beneficial to do the good okay. old basic stuff. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So with the meditation, do you do that yourself at home or do you go somewhere else to do that, like a class or somewhere? Um, well, I do oh, yoga a few times a week and there's always a meditation at the end for like 15 minutes. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do it at home as well. I just Bluetooth sort of a um, like a sound, sound meditation over onto the speakers and just like sit there and meditate at home by myself. Nice. I haven't yet been able to have much luck with meditation. I try and try, but my mind just gets a little bit overwhelming. So although I do listen to sleep music at night, which helps put me to sleep. So I guess that is a bit meditative, but I'll have to keep practicing that one. <laughs> and even just um, if I'm driving in the car, just even like listening to my favorite songs, I just find that really healing as well. Just... Oh, yeah, you mean like just regular music? Yeah, just <laughs> if you really enjoy it, it sort of perks your mood yeah. up a bit. 
Absolutely. There's nothing like a good car sing-along to some Celine Dion or Shania Twain. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't have any, like, special, you know, um, special remedies or special um, the healing um, things that I do. I just, yeah, getting back to basics, really. Yeah, that exercise and yoga and meditation are really great and massage too. I think that's super helpful as well. Yeah, and it's just like calming the mind and not having it like, you know, going off on tangents, worrying about this and that. And hmm, Okay. So for anyone that might have experienced the sudden death or loss of a partner and uh, going through the different stages, do you have any advice or any, I don't know, experience, wisdom that you might be able to share with them that could help them through the process? I just found that, you know, when you're first going through it, sometimes you just want to, you know, hide away by yourself. And But I've I found that um, when I was surrounded by a lot of people, like, even though maybe they mightn't have been saying anything, it was just the support of people coming together and um, being there for you. And, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, if people would ask if they could come around and I'd always say yes and I'd always feel better after I'd spent time with someone, even yeah. though I'd, sometimes I didn't want people coming over or I didn't want to go anywhere, but if I really, you know, sort of made the effort and got myself out of the house um, to go and talk to someone, not necessarily about what had happened, but just about anything, I I really found that helped so much. Right. So just keeping on connecting with people, really. Yeah, totally. You didn't didn't really have to say much, but just having someone there, um, Mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest thing that really helped me in the early stages. And then I guess you're just looking for different supports as the years go on because, like you've said, different life events kind of change what's happening for you and the different way that you're grieving, I suppose. It's, um, yeah, there's always something to, to go yeah. through, but, yeah. But that's yeah. like that saying, you know, when things are good, you've really got to enjoy them because, you know, they're not good forever. But then on the other flip side, things aren't, like, bad forever either. So we've just got to remember that too. Yeah, you're right. There's always something to go through. Um, but I guess there is a balance to be found, which is the sweet spot. Um, so lastly, if you could share a little bit about parenting through mental health like depression and also um, I guess autism if you've got any light to shed on that for people who might be having that same experience with their children yeah well I'd say um, you don't be scared to go down the medication uh, route as well because if it's going to help them feel a bit better it's so worth it but Yeah. um, yeah I just try and work on his well-being now I don't sort of search for this or that sort of I just try and uh, like be a really good friend to him and really listen to what he has to say and um, try not to get angry or frustrated with him but just make him comfortable to be able to talk to me and um, express himself kind of thing and just try and build his confidence up again So where have you been looking for information and resources on how to deal with these things that you've never had to deal with in the past before? It's all new, so I guess it's like a bit of a learning curve and 
you've had to get some support as well. Where could people go to look for that? Um, yeah, just talking to the psychiatrist really and um, psychologists and there is a lot of information online. I've joined a Facebook page for okay. um, ch- uh, parents with autistic teenagers. So yep. because that's com- the information is coming from people that are going through it, I think that's quite valuable. Um, you can chat with people that have been through the same thing and um, mm-hmm. more so than me just sitting down reading a book, you know, I can be like live chatting to people. And I guess that's a, one of the positives about social media. There's a lot of groups like that that, you, that are online that you can actually look into. And- yeah, social media definitely is really good for groups like that. I guess with what I'm doing with mental health, I find a lot of groups um, where people are sharing stories and also I get there are lots of groups with um, holistic well-being practitioners and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And even I guess even going to the health shop or the your local organic shop, they have um, you know things that different alternative you know medicines and things that can help out too if you need yeah. to try that. Yeah, that's a good idea too. I guess there would be lots of people out there who are determined not to try antidepressants or. Um, medications like that so they'd be looking for alternatives from things like health shops and um yeah places like that yeah i think i i think i was probably just at the stage where because i'm just a single mum and not having that you know sort of mental and support there from a partner um it's just like you know sometimes he doesn't really need something to you know help right away yeah i totally get that you don't have the time or patients to really experiment too much you need something that's going to be effective and give a little bit of relief right away it's hard on your own so you just try and you know get the quickest remedy but I I have found it beneficial and um, he does have other natural um, vitamins and things like that to help they say um, vitamin b is really good the psychiatrist that we go and see he did actually go down that field which I was quite impressed with and he he did give us like certain foods that were really good for um you know depression or autism or that sort of thing so diet can play a big part well that's really cool that he has also studied in that field and given you some really good information about um coming at it with the diet angle as well I think it's important to kind of work with it from all angles if you can okay Jolie well thank you so much for coming and to talk to me and being so open with sharing your story oh that's okay it's been a real honor and I think you're very brave for coming and um, talking with me today so I really appreciate that yeah no worries it's good to catch up and have a chat and yeah hopefully um hopefully maybe if someone out there is going through the same thing, um, yeah, they might take something away from this. <laughs> yeah, there's a risk. Sometimes you think there is a good reason for going through this. You know, that's if it's going to help other people, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes we discount how much sharing our stories really helps other people, especially if they're just freshly going through these things or for the first time and are very unsure of what the future could look like or um, what moving on from different traumas looks like. So 
I think it's definitely very beneficial and I'm sure people will get a lot out of hearing your story. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpacking Mental Health. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do this by clicking the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. And this is a $5 donation, which will keep the podcast ad-free. And I would love, love, love if you could give my Instagram and Facebook a follow and I will update you with the next podcast. So have a great day and I hope you enjoy.